Sota Perk Vav Mishnah Bay 6-2. So our Mishnah wants to answer the following question. What happens if there are witnesses both on the Kinui and the Stira? So now we're in the topic of the Sota and she can have to drink her water to prove her innocence or get divorced. Now what happens if there's a witness, but only one witness, who says that they were like a peeping Tom, they looked inside the keyhole of the room where there was Stira, and they say that she was adulterous. So now what? That sort of tips the scales, our mission is going to tell us, to say that now we just simply have no reason to have any doubt anymore that she was infidelitous, and therefore we will no longer afford her the opportunity to prove her innocence by drinking from the waters. And the main chiddush of our mission here is that for that purposes, since already the Torah has raised the question of things look so bad circumstantially for her, there are two witnesses that say that she secluded herself with a man after she was warned not to do so, that of course like put her into the, we're treating her as guilty until she proves her innocence, but now if a witness comes and says that they looked at the keyhole and they saw what happened inside that room, so now there's no more doubt and we will force uh, the divorce to happen, forbid her to Truma, her husband, and to the, to the adulterer all forever. And the Chiddush there is, usually when it comes to testimony uh, regarding a Dover Sheba Erva, making restrictions like marital restrictions and so on, you need to have two kosher witnesses. But since there's already the Bregelai the Dover, there's already so much circumstantial evidence pointing to her guilt that even a single witness will be sufficient to tip the scales now if they're testing, testifying specifically regarding what happened during the stira. And the main Chiddush of our mission is that such a witness not only can be just a witness, a single witness, but even someone who is... Uh, not usually acceptable for giving testimony, such as a woman or a relative um, or an evid, and so on. So the Mishnah says inside, Amar Eid Echad, if a single witness says, Ani Reisiha, I saw her, Shnitmes, that she became Tamea, meaning I saw that she slept with his man. Lo Haisa Shosa. At that point, if the testimony specifically is about what happened in the, the event of Sira that time, not a different time, but that time, so now the scales have been tipped too far over and we now have sort of essentially confirmed her guilt. At that point, we don't let her drink any drink any waters to prove her innocence. It's too late. Rather, she's forced to get divorced and she will lose her ksuba. Below, not only that, Ella, a filu evid, even if the witness who testifies that they saw her like through the keyhole was an evid, an evid meaning an evid kanani, a non-Jewish slave who usually is not acceptable for giving testimony. A filo shivcha, even if it's a female non-Jewish slave, because w- usually women are also not eligible for giving testimony. Hare elu ne'emanim, they're still believed. And the point of our mission here is that a single aid is believed in this case, even if it's not usually acceptable, like I said before, um, women, relatives, slaves. Um, the only category of person would not be acceptable is someone who is pasul edus midoraisa. If someone let's say a goslin, a robber. So a robber, a convicted robber, is no longer believed to give testimony, um, and that person would be invalidated as a witness, even in this case. But someone who's pasal me'edus midurabanan, someone who just, for rabbinic reasons, can't give edus, like, for example, remember the mesachik bakubia, that's called the gambler, for example, we saw back in Rosh Hashanah, and such a person could, since it's just rabbinically restricted, give testimony that would be believed to make this woman now loser ksuba and be forced to get divorced without an opportunity to prove herself with the bitter waters. So hare elu ne'emanim, af lefasla meksubasa, they can invalidate her, not just to make her have those three prohibitions of to her husband, to the 
man with whom she slept and to Truma, but also she also forfeits her ksuba, even though there's just one witness, and it's even like a, you know, not usually kosher witness. The reason is because of this regla and the there's so much circumstantial evidence already which points to her guilt. Now the mission will say a uh, uh, P.S. The, the P.S. is this. We learned in Masechus Yivamos, there are certain women <clears throat> who are assumed to have um, antipathy, you know, negative relations be ill-disposed towards a, a wife. Um, and those five women, we don't trust that they're telling the truth because they want to mess her up. So our mission is going to say here that even those five categories of women are believed enough to make her forbidden to her husband. Again, usually they wouldn't be believed, but here they are believed because, again, there's so much evidence pointing against her, um, and we already have witnesses, two witnesses, that there was Sira. So if now one of these five categories of women who are, even though they're assumed to not like this woman, if they testify, they look inside the keyhole, they saw what happened in there, and they testify as such, we'll believe them. But here there's a little difference. As the mission will say, the difference is we'll believe them in so far as to make this woman forbidden to her husband and the man and Truma, but we won't make her lose her ksuba. And that's actually rabbinic in nature. The truth is that these women should be acceptable for giving testimony as much as any evid or shifcha, etc. And they are. But the rabbis were concerned that since they have, we presume that they have ill will towards this lady and they want to mess her up, we don't want to encourage them. So therefore we say, listen, they're believed in terms of the isurim of the marriage staying together, but they're not believed to make her lose her ksuba. So by that's rabbinic in nature, through the, through the power of what's called hefker based on hefker. That's the mechanism. The point is that since um, they can't damage her so severely because she'll still get her ksuba, and since, at least for many women, in fact, their concern is sort of a financial concern, that's why they don't like her in the first place. So therefore, um, that will sort of at least um, dissuade them from lying about um, her having cheated on her husband. So the mission says here inside, here are those five categories of women. It says, Chamosa, that's her mother-in-law. So a woman's mother-in-law is assumed to have a bad relationship with his, her daughter-in-law. The reason why is because ultimately her daughter-in-law is going to inherit her stuff. All her hard work ends up going to her, and that therefore there's some antipathy there. Bas Chamosa, literally that means her mother-in-law's daughter. You could also refer to such women as her husband's sisters. And again, so her, like her sisters-in-law. And again, the assumption is that the sisters-in-law have antipathy towards this woman because uh, when they all are going to inherit from their father, so the brother will get the money, not the sisters, which means that their brother and his wife, this woman, will get their parents' stuff and they won't get anything. And therefore, again, they're ill-disposed towards um, the sister-in-law. Vitsarasa. Tsaras means her co-wife. And the word tsara actually means like a rival wife, literally tsara like a, I don't know, a rival wife. And there's obviously a rivalry there. The assumption is that since they're fighting over who gets the husband's attention, so therefore, of course, they don't like each other and they'll be happy to get rid of each other. And therefore, there's a good reason to think that one would lie about the other. The Yavimta. Yavimta means, um, let's say you have two brothers, Reuven and Shimon. Okay, Reuven is the one who told his wife with Kinoi not to seclude herself with Levi. Um, and then and she did. So, and let's say if, if Reuven would die and he would have no children, so then his brother Shimon would take Reuven's wife through Yibum. Um, that's the mitzvah of Yibum. And if he would do that, so then Shimon now would have two wives. He'd have his old wife plus his brother Reuven's widow. And they become, now his two wives become Tsaros one to the other. So of course, therefore, if we're in a situation where Reuven has no children, so then Shimon's wife is going to be very ill-disposed towards her sister-in-law 
because it could become her co-wife later on. So that's Yevimta. And finally, Ubas Baala. Bas Baala, literally her husband's daughter, it means her stepdaughter. So again, the stepdaughter is presumed to have sort of bad feeling towards her stepmother because her stepmother sort of stepped into her mother's shoes one way or the other, and therefore she's resentful of her. So again, we assume that the stepdaughter will have bad feelings towards her stepmother. So even those five, Hare Elu Ne'emanus, even those five are believed. If they testify, they know what happened inside the room where the stira occurred. They'll be believed to forbid the wife from staying married to the husband. But the Mishnah says, Lola Fasla Miksubasa. We're not saying that she would lose her ksuba. These five women, since we have suspicions they have other agendas, they won't be allowed to um, make this accused woman who was committing adultery lose her ksuba. It's just that she makes it that the woman can no longer drink water to prove her innocence. She's forced now to be forbidden to her husband forever and therefore to get divorced.